Thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. In today's episode, Stan Johnson covers the new Dana Coverstone dream called the Desert Road Dream. Stan gives us his personal interpretation of the dream, but it deals with martial law as well as food shortages and food rationing. In part two of our podcast, Stan covers another dream that he received, that corresponds quite a bit with the Dana Coverstone dream. So here now is Stan Johnson covering the Dana Coverstone dream called the Desert Road Dream. Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is Dana Coverstone's new dream, which is basically saying, Church, Church, (laughs) get on fire. Actually, his name of it is The Desert Road, but I'm going to tell you right up front, I've edited just a little bit of it just to make it flow a little bit better for the program. Okay, so it's called The Desert Road Dream. It's given to him October 20 through 26, as he explained to me. He said a lot of times he gets little chunks of it, and it's spread over several nights until finally he gets the whole dream. So he says, in this particular dream, it was a clear night with a full moon, I was walking down a wet road in the middle of the desert. There were four digital billboards. In other words, these are four pictures. And let me say up front, I don't believe that these are prophecies of a guaranteed future. In other words, they're not like the Bible, saying this absolutely positively is going to come. I believe his dreams are warning dreams, specifically telling us to pray, specifically telling us that if we do pray, we can pray these away. They're warning dreams. They are not dreams of an absolute guaranteed future. Many of the things that he has seen have not come to pass. Unfortunately, many of them have too. But the word is for us to pray that they don't come and to make the change. And today, I'll tell you right up front, the change he's trying to get the church to do is to start waking up and praying and get on fire, not just fire in their heads, but fire in our heart. I was walking down a wet road in the middle of the desert. There were four digital billboards. He's about to show us four different pictures. Actually, it's five wells, four different pictures. Two on each side, about 25 people, 25 feet apart. Each had a roof protecting them from the drizzling rain. Wolves were howling. The first video was a grocery store with armed soldiers not the first one that seen armed soldiers at a grocery store. A grocery store with armed soldiers standing guard out front. People were ready, waiting in the lines to go inside. Only about five people were allowed in at any one time. The soldiers recorded on an orange notebook items that were purchased. People were wearing coats, gloves, and hats, and I could see their breath, meaning 
it could be, could be, not guaranteed, could be that we're about to see this even this winter. Then the second video showed people in a green van, marked Coroner, in big blue letters, pulling up to a house with a large X-2 on the door. Now, I think that that's saying that there's two dead people here. Go get them. There was about three inches of snow on the ground and the windows on the house were iced over. The van had a sticker on the front windshield that said, Minnesota slash Wisconsin response team. Four people stepped out of the van wearing heavy cart coats and gloves taped to the coats. They were wearing two. They were they were wearing two frozen bodies. Were brought out that appeared to be in a fetal position. Being blue, they appeared to have been frozen in ice. So this is the pick up the dead bodies uh, parade. There, brigade maybe is a better word. The third video was a reporter saying both the east and the west coast were under FEMA management due to inclement weather patterns that had destroyed some major interstates and roads. Now, remember, the Moloch and Ball worshippers have the scaly wave. They have the weather machine and the earthquake machine, and scaly wave can do them both. People were advised to stay home until further notice. Gas stations had been shut down by an executive order, and, now pay attention to this one, notice clearly, clearly quickly, martial law had been declared in most major cities over 25,000 people. There were no fires, rioting, or looting due to the rain, sleet mix, and what appeared to be damage from tornadoes. Houses and vehicles looked as if they had been scattered and thrown about like toys. That, now, let, let me back up. It might not necessarily be weather that is scattering these, these things about like toys. It may be suitcase news. Let's go on. The fourth billboard was people praying in a small church. The room was cold and dark and they were huddled in the seats shivering then the man this is the angel this is the man walked up and said loudly where's the fire at this statement the 10 people praying seated covered their faces in shame and looked away meaning right now sad to say in a time of trouble most of the church are going to look away most of the church is not on fire most of the church is not prepared to face the things that are coming. Where's the fire? At this statement, the 10 people praying looked away with shame in their faces and said, he said, look at me and stand. So they stood up. He put his right hand in the air and said loudly, where are the Pentecostals full of fire to spirit and faith? Why are you sitting coldly and idly by while the world freezes without your fire? In other words, it's not it's not talking about the weather. It's not talking about the cold as much as it is about a spiritual condition. And I have to put a lot of the blame on the pre-trib rapture here. Sorry, guys. But if you believe in a pre-trib rapture, then, you know, why do you need to get concerned? Why do you need to be praying about these things? Why do you need to pray that these things don't come? If you're thinking that Jesus is just going to come and suck you in the clouds, you don't have to go through any trouble, then why pray? And, of course, that's the problem with the pre-trib rapture, not to mention, I've already said and proved many times, that it's a misunderstanding. Get my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, and if you want specific answers on the rapture, then you'll get the book, How Pre-Trib Won, and it explains how 
a nation that is a Christian nation, or what's left of a Christian nation, could be so snookered to believe in a pre-trib or a mid-trib rapture. Let's go on. Where are the Pentecostals full of fire, spirit, and faith? And why are you sitting coldly and idly by while the world freezes without your fire? Give them fire. Give them food. And stop having the appearance of Pentecostals while you deny the power you should walk in. In other words, church, get on fire. Church, go to work. Church, start witnessing. He opened his right hand and a flame appeared. He blew it and embers went swirling into the air, falling on their heads. It seemed to light oil with them. There's your lamps, okay? It seemed to light oil with them, them, and spread to their hearts. It roared out of their chests with a loud noise. I think that's that the great miracles that are about to hit, the great miracle revival. Five of the on-fire believers with smoke coming out of them went into the streets. The heads of the other five, well, what is this, the ten virgins? Okay, five were wise, five were foolish. Isn't this kind of smacking of the same thing? Isn't this a further understanding of the ten virgins? The heads of the other five were on fire, but not in their hearts. In other words, they know it, but they don't know it. They know it, but they don't walk it. They know it, but they don't live it, you see. The heads of the other five were on fire, but not their hearts. The man said, you might as well stay here as you have nothing burning in your hearts and therefore nothing to share. Before I get up and speak on Sunday mornings, well, and also Friday nights, I get on my knees and ask God to give me his fire in my mouth and in my heart because I don't have anything to share unless I have the fire in my mouth and my heart. Suddenly, I was back on the road. The sky was darker, the howling wolves closer. There appeared a fifth billboard in front of me engulfed in flames. The red-eyed, aggressive, growling wolves now staying in the shadows, fearing the flames. I was observant, but not afraid. The man walked through the flaming billboard and said, What will people see in you and in the church in the days ahead if you have no fire? I'll say that again. What will people see in you and in the church in the days ahead, meaning in the time of trouble. Okay, what he's saying is there's about to be trouble. God is about to shake the earth in general. America in specific is specific, but he is really about to shake the church. He's trying to wake up the church because he is coming, whether they like it or not. What will, what will people see in you and in the church in the days ahead if you have no fire? Where are the Pentecostals full of fire, spirit, and faith? I need you to be full of fire. In a way, this is talking about the same ten virgins. The virgin, and, and I wrote in my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. The, the oil, the lamp, is the fire that they have to have. And that's what he's confirming here. Some people have it in the head, but not in the heart. He's saying, church, for you to be part of this end time revival, for you to be part of winning thousands upon thousands of souls, for you to be a prophecy teacher working and walking in sevenfold miracles, you can't just know it here. We've got to know it and we've got to walk it here, here in our hearts, my brothers and sisters. And how do you get that? Well, one of the ways we get that is just reading the Bible, speaking in tongues, but also fasting. It's part of it, just like we talked about the other day. The three things that got Cornelius so blessed as to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, from the Jews to the Gentiles, was his giving, 
his prayer and his fasting. Giving, prayer, fasting. Giving, prayer, fasting. Got to be right. Got to be right in those areas. One of those areas is wrong. God can't use you as, well, as much. Anyway, five were on fire, five were not. He said, if you don't have the fire, no sense in even going out to witness because you have nothing to say. Then, the final thing was, what will people see in you if you have no fire? You've got to have the fire. That's what he's saying. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hello again. This is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. We return now with Stan Johnson covering another related dream. Now, let's go on to the next one. So, this lady, Patty Travato, came up to me at the Baltimore Crusade we had back in, well, I think she's going to say the date is like 06. And she told me this dream, and I said, I got to have you write that down. So, she wrote it down, and she sent it to me. And when she sent it to me, she also said that very night, after she had told me the dream, she had the entire dream all over again, which it had been a couple of years since she'd had the dream. So when you have the same dream twice, that confirms it's from God. And I believe it's of God, too. Now, I also want to say, I don't think this is a guaranteed dream either. I don't think it's a prophecy, just like Coverstone dreams. I think that they are warnings. They are, they are called to prayer. That's what they are. They're calling us to pray, my brothers and sisters. Okay, let's go on. The dream given to Patty Travato of Baltimore, Maryland, in May of 2004. She says, in my dream, there had been a nuclear explosion. Now, I'm going to say that it probably sounds like suitcase nukes. In other words, this is not Russians taking America totally out. This is probably the suitcase nukes that they will use to try to move us into a totalitarian government. In my dream, there had been nuclear explosions in the Baltimore-Washington corridor. I had quickly grabbed clothes and a tent and money and a little food and stuff them into the car. We used the back roads to get out of Maryland, and my daughter was in a car behind me with the rest of our kids. My husband was going to meet us at the campground. I was driving down a familiar highway in Pennsylvania. We were going to a campsite near Penn State College. The highway was jam-packed in both directions. Traffic had gone to the total stop due to some small accidents. I got out of our car and climbed up past the boulders onto the trees to sit in a cool shade. It was a nice spring weather day. The highway was filled with people in panic, trying to get to the mountains, while others in a panic were trying to leave the mountains and travel back down southeast. Everyone was in a panic. Four black helicopters came from over the mountain range. They started buzzing up and down the road. Two left to go to the south. One kept circling the area I was in. The fourth got out with a bullhorn. They announced that all of us, that 
martial law had taken effect and that we were traveling illegally. I'll say that again. Martial law had taken effect and we were traveling illegally. How many times have we heard that? Heard that in a lot of dreams. Everyone was required to return to their homes or face arrest and confiscation of their vehicles. We thought, well, how can we go back home? The lanes of the traffic on the highway are not moving. A man in the southbound pickup truck started screaming at the black helicopters. He incited others to throw rocks at it and even wanted people to turn over the vehicles and block the highway to stop people from going home. A military person dressed all in black and dark gray appeared at the helicopter's door and shot the man and two others dead. Other people in the area were forced to lay the bodies alongside the highway and move their vehicles onto the shoulder of the highway. This paralyzed the people. No one really understood just how different things were going to be. The circling helicopter swooping down and young military men jumped out on the road. On the northbound side, it was quite friendly and gave new orders saying tourists should proceed to their destination. We were told we could only visit 10 days or less, and then we were required to return to our primary residence. He told us that we, he would, that we would want to go home anyway because we wouldn't be able to buy any food except where we lived, anywhere except prepackaged food still available in gas stations. All grocery markets were closed. The only people that were report to, to work to report to work were emergency workers. Sound familiar? The gas stations were allowed to remain open to allow people to get home, and then no one was to leave. Then the scene changed, and I was at home again, which is a 20-minute drive from Baltimore. My family and I were watching TV news conference on how people were coping with the grocery stores being closed and the last three weeks. A military woman dressed in the same outfit as the man in the helicopters came to our front door. She made sure we were home, then put something sticky on our door on which to affix government papers. They didn't want these papers put in a mailbox. She handed them to us a large envelope of papers. The contents included a mandatory appointment at the school where we are registered to vote. If you missed the appointment, you delayed getting food for your family. Most people had eaten all of the extra food. All people were required to share what they had. Food was the primary problem everyone had on their minds. How many times we heard that in other dreams from other people? Food was the primary problem everyone had on their minds. The government didn't want anyone to have any food left in their house. Any person not sharing food that they had stored up would have it all taken away and go to jail. When arrived at our place of voting, only a few people were allowed in at a time. Tables were set up as we went to vote, as if we went to vote. We had to go to an alphabetized table and state our name. We had to provide proof of who we were and how many people lived in our home. They confirmed this information with a computer. Anyone not registered would have to go to a sports stadium to do their paperwork in order to get food. No more Walmart food. Each family was issued something that looked like WIC checks, W-I-C checks. Each family was assigned one grocery store in which they could shop. The checks had food items listed and how many we could buy. For example, two 16-ounce cans vegetables, one pound meat, six fruit items fresh. We could only buy at our assigned store. 
Everyone could only shop if you were a registered shopper, and only one person family, one person in the family could be registered to shop. Each person had one certain day in which to shop. I was at my assigned store. There were only a few people allowed in at a time. Once the approved people were in, the doors were locked until the maximum time was over and the next group was allowed to go in. I only had 15 minutes to shop for the listed items on my check order and only five minutes for a clerk to process everything. Each hour, only three groups of people were allowed to enter. To ensure appropriate behavior, there were military-dressed guards with machine guns at the various places in the store. Some people were assigned to shop in the middle of the night. We could choose whatever brand of canned goods or meats, but the amount was very limited. My grocery cart was only one-third full, and it had to last all week until the next week appointment. When we were given another WIC-type check with a limited amount of food listed to be purchased, each person's check was commensurate with the number of people living at their legal residence. One could buy all the paper goods and cleaners they liked. As I was paying for the allowed food, another customer became very irate with the little amount of food he was being allowed to get. He started yelling at one of the soldiers. The soldier slowly pointed his gun at him, pushed back his helmet, and stared at him a long time. This soldier, speaking with a Spanish accent, said, Don't be so upset. This will not do you any good. He pointed at the military vehicle out in the parking lot. Look, your Russian overtakers have had to live like this all of their lives. Now it is your turn. And the dream ended. Toward the end of the dream, she says, I knew that the nuclear attack was not a single attack, but actually many small attacks, suitcase nukes, and was accomplished through a Russian-Spanish-speaking country alliance. I woke with a very clear knowing of how easily people will can cooperate with a new government in order just to get a little food. I saw how voting registration would be used to organize food distribution. Then, after she told me the dream at the crusade, she said I saw the entire dream that night shockingly crystal clear just as it had been given the first time. Now, in summary, what are we talking about? Talking about, Bible says the mouth of two or three witnesses let a thing be established. How many dreams have we had showing us suitcase nukes are going to hit? How many dreams have we had showing us that there's about to be a food shortage? And in this case, how many dreams have we had where they're saying only so many people can go into the grocery store at any one particular time? The point is, if the two cows are a prophecy, and I personally believe that they are, one was released on February or September 25th, 2014. The other one was actually born on September 25th, 2014. One was black and white. One was red and white, both with a seven right on the forehead. I don't think that's an accident because they were released to the public on a Shemitah. A Shemitah is the Feast of Trumpets. It only happens once every seven years. I believe if they are a prophecy that it's saying that there's seven years of plenty, the last seven years of plenty, started September 25th of 2014, and the last seven years of famine start September 6, 2021. Now, I did not say that the tribulation started. I do not know that the tribulation started. But at what time? 
I can figure that out. You'll be the first one to know. Point is, I do believe that seven years of famine started September the 6th of 2021. Hello again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube. Well, thanks again for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Also, give us a like. We welcome any comments or suggestions you might have. We also ask you to subscribe so that you will be notified of all our future episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Mm